Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Bulletproof Monk. Uh, previously mentioned <laughs> on the Broken Arrow episode where Alex just watched it the entire time while we were recording. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's been in oh, yeah, the- that's an episode that was. <laughs> yeah. I remember it vividly because it sounded pretty good. <laughs> that was a good bit. I was really happy that I only did that one time. Uh, for an added experience, listen to this episode in one channel and the uh, the Broken Arrow <laughs> episode in another channel at the same time. You will see the face of God. But before you do, Parker, do we have any news? Nope. Unless you have oh. something. No, I actually don't have anything. All right. Uh, shall we get into our jerks of the week? I'm going first. Oh, my God. No, you're not taking James Corden. Fuck you. No, I'm not taking James Corden this time. <laughs> okay, cool. You can go first. Thank then. you. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I moved back in with my dad for like a week before I moved into my new place. There's so much. Uh, <laughs> there's, so, <laughs> there's so fucking much. It's, uh, first of all, I it's unconscionably cold in this house. I've got on, a, I thought old people liked it warmer because, you know, their bones are brittle and like the blood doesn't. So I have on like a sweatshirt and sweatpants right now because it's so frigid cold. I have to sleep on a twin size bed. There's cat fur everywhere. Uh, the Wi-Fi only works in certain rooms of the house. Don't ask me why that happens. And he is committed to being as shall we say, on brand as possible whenever we go out anywhere. So, <laughs> that includes to oh. every single waitress that we speak to. So, oh. it's been a lot okay. that I've been going <laughs> okay. through. So, well, let me know next time you guys are going out to eat. We, <laughs> I got time to kill. I Honestly, dude, I might have to bring you along just so you can experience all the fun that I am. And you know what? I'm not even done yet because I'm going to mention some moments that I had with him Uh when I get to the recently watched, but I'll let you go ahead. How about Alex? You tell me your jerk of the week. Man, look, you know we all we've all grown up online. We we've lived in the era where you just send awful, disgusting things to trick each other. Like you know, just like, hey man, check out this cool video I found. This is a man stretching his asshole. Like, you know how it goes. <laughs> that fucking flash mob is so far and away the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I would go back. <laughs> and just like like fucking like pin my eyes open make me look at all the shit that I saw online when I was a teenager again 100 times before I watch that fucking shit again if that fucking asshole in his stupid rat costume was pelvic thrusting outside my door I think under ta- Castle Doctrine I would have been legally allowed to shoot him but the photoshop with a giant muscular arm on the steering wheel is so fucking funny <laughs> 
it's great because it's attached to that video where he just he's in like a steamer. He's just no, he's in a bulldozer. He just running over them. <laughs> the other the other one that was really good was they they did a. Uh, they had that like superposed over the guy from Parasite, which is uh, <laughs> that one was good, of course. But like everyone keeps talking about, like, dude, imagine like you're late to work because James Corden in a rat costume was pelvic thrusting at your window. <laughs> you know, I think if I told my boss that, they'd believe me because nobody would ever make that up. But uh, yeah, no, the you know, suffice to say. If, you know, I were in a room with Hitler and Stalin and only had one bullet, I would ask him if they knew James Gordon. So. <laughs> I mean, we have to also talk about some of the context behind this. Apparently, they're doing the flash mob to advertise a film adaptation of Cinderella. All right, boys, let's all be cool. Let's all I, be cool. Just... I, I, my only question is, why is this not a Disney thing? Isn't Cinderella Disney? I Like, well, like why is this on Prime? I mean, wait, it's on Prime? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I don't um, have a subscription. I don't. So I don't get Prime so. anymore. <laughs> wow, weird. Sorry, Prime had a good run, Bezos. <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay, uh, Parker, who's your jerk of the week? Now that we took uh, the two good ones. Oh, well, don't worry, because uh, my jerk of the week is myself and my internet poison brain. Let me take you back to this weekend. We're at a bar. Music is pumping all night long. I'm getting drunker than I thought, and at one point. Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci comes on and as the song ends you can just hear me say Buttman 420 to my girlfriend <laughs> I didn't realize how drunk I was it was attempting to loudly explain who Buttman 420 was where he was from and how he got her pregnant at a bar at 1.30 in the morning Oh. I cannot be let into public. My brain is hot dog shit. They don't know I used to post with Crayshaw's baby daddy. <laughs> exactly. They don't know. They weren't there. Deep in the trenches. <laughs> the posting trenches. All right. Well, uh, backup jerk of the week is myself. I was too tired to go see Paul Verhoeven's Total Recall in theaters. What so. the fuck? Dude, here... That's okay, fair. Oh, here's the thing, though. Like... Ordinarily, if I was still living in Reston, it'd be an automatic, oh, I have to go see that. In uh, Impulsal, they actually shut down the ferry to get across the Potomac River, so I'd either have to go up to Point of Rocks, which is, like, at least an hour, or take the Beltway, and that'd be, like, an hour and a half, so. Just oh not my god, does Josh call it Peasville? No. <laughs> he doesn't even call it Poosville. So he's gonna so. start now, so no, uh, I apologize. No, I'm gonna cut that, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll DM him, don't worry. Now, in the past, uh, I have much derided the director, the famed director, Robert Altman. I don't really like his movies very much. I think they're mostly boring. Uh, But there's one that I watched recently, because I was sitting downstairs, and I was just waiting for Dad to go upstairs so I could use the TV. He was like, hey, would you like to watch one of the movies I recorded? And I'm like, not really, but okay, let's see what you recorded, Dad. Uh, he, for some reason, he recorded a documentary about how the Chinese Communist Party invented COVID-19. I was like, okay, don't need a... How about, what else do you see? What else he got on here? He recorded Popeye, <laughs> the, uh, the 1980 <laughs> film adaptation starring Robin Williams you in the title role. You could have me a thousand guesses. <laughs> I would have never landed in Popeye. And I was just like, huh. All right, put it on. Let's, let's see. Uh, was not prepared for this to be a musical. Uh, was not prepared for this to be a musical with 13 songs. 
god. You think Robin Williams had to do a flash mob before this came out? (laughs) (laughs) So, Parker, uh, I hope that you're very kind to me this evening. (laughs) Okay, let's let's all be cool, guys. And, And you know how, like... Popeye usually mumbles like yeah, that's what most of his songs sound like uh, so I don't really know what he was saying for most of them even though we had subtitles on because my dad's kind of deaf uh, so yeah Robin Williams is real great in this but there's other people too actually so here's a, a huge huge positive to the movie Shelley Duvall is olive oil uh, she also plays a character of olive oil but like in real life she's basically olive oil. In fact, I have to admit she was uh, bullied and teased as a child because of her resemblance to this character. So Robert Allen was just like, hey, you look enough like her. Go ahead, get in the movie. And she decides, you know what, I'm just going to lean into it. I'm really going to sell this. And she seriously does an incredible job. Because it's not just the uh, the appearance that she's so similar. She nails the voice. Like, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched, like, the Popeye cartoons, but I actually really like them growing up, the, like, the Fleischer Brothers stuff. It's really innovative stuff. She just, she hears the voice and she's just immediately doing it. She does uh, olive oil better than the original olive oil, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, for the most part, it's, uh, it's actually alright. I actually had a pretty decent time with it, outside of the 13 songs. Um, some of the slapstick, which didn't really work, and, uh... I don't know. I, I do I do remember I looked up the trivia, and this was the first Disney movie to ever feature the word shit. So, um, it's got that going for it. <laughs> Congrats to all the winners. Oh, yeah, also it's two hours long. So... Yeah, 13 songs. I mean, 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... You know. uh, <coughs> anyway, I, oh yeah, one more thing. is like a lot of people said, oh, this isn't like completely accurate to the Popeye cartoon. First of all, who cares? And second of all, it's uh, it's a little bit more accurate to the original, what was it, Termite Terrace uh, comic that used to appear in newspapers, to which I'd also respond, who cares? It's just Popeye. <laughs> well, at, least, at least it's faithful to the source. Yeah. To, it can't, like, here's the thing. Who's alive? Who remembers it? Those comics came out in, what, 1913? This movie was released in yeah. 1980. This I didn't is also, even know Popeye had lore. Like, oh, there's like, oh, so much just... lore. So they had a character named Jeep, who was like this imaginary trans-dimensional character who could go between walls and stuff like that. It was named after the the Jeep in uh, the the U.S. Army because they, or maybe the actually I think the vehicle was named after that character because they said the Jeep could go anywhere, except in the ocean. So uh, what else did I watch? Um, sounds good. No, sounds honestly, like a good week for you. Well, if you you know what, if you like it so much, maybe I'll sign it to you. So the next yeah. one, I, I was looking at the list. I was like, huh, what's next on the list? And to quote the hit band Pantera, aw, fucking hostile. So, hostile... Hostel is a torture porn movie directed by uh, one of the least talented directors of all time, Eli Roth, a man who has never had any- anything interesting to say. And it's about three people, one Swedish guy, two American guys, who go to Amsterdam to smoke weed and get lead. And they uh, get kidnapped and uh, tortured and killed. Um, I have to admit, I was sort of dreading this one because I don't like torture porn very much. And I'd heard about some of the key scenes. And maybe it's because I'm desensitized or maybe the effects just aren't very good. But, uh, wow, tamer than advertised. Oh, yeah, Uh, it's nothing. Yeah, they, uh... Did you, uh... Did you watch this before or after the Flash Mob? 
<laughs> after, after I actually oh, watched there the you go. After. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel rejuvenated a, now. Yeah, Crazy. Like, <laughs> well, the Joker was here. It's normal. So honestly, well, like I was watching, like one of the scenes that they always talk about is like the drill going into the guy's knee. I remember seeing like previews of that when I was like a kid. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that movie. Uh, now I've seen it, and I say, wow, I didn't know they cut away before the drill enters his knee, so it just shows the guy going, ah, 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 like that. I'm like, oh, they, they, there's really nothing there, you know? What am I supposed to be scared about? The one scene that was, like, pretty gruesome is uh, there's an Asian girl, right? And she has, like, her this side of her face is burned, and, like, her eyeballs popped out, and the guy's like, oh, sorry, I'm going to have to cut it off with scissors. But it's, like, the most fake thing I've ever seen. I've seen better effects of the first Evil Dead movie. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, I guess the the scene where the guy cuts himself with a chainsaw is supposed to be pretty graphic. But, like, again, the effects are so bad. Like, what am I supposed to latch onto here? Uh, but, hey, just because Eli Roth isn't good at uh, special effects and never has been and never will be doesn't mean that he isn't good at some other thing. Uh people say that this is a movie with a message the message is that it is very bad for rude americans to go to other countries and be rude there um i'd say that's a confused oh, moral. just like midsummer no, well i would say yeah there's <laughs> that i would also say just like uh, cannibal holocaust uh except that just like cannibal holocaust this has a confused message because the rudest and worst and most homophobic and shittiest of all the americans lives and gets his revenge he sure does. Yeah, like, like that's the only part of the movie that I liked, where he kidnapped an innocent child. I, but again, this is like this is the worst of all the guys. He shouldn't be the guy who gets his revenge. And like, maybe that's the thing. It's like, oh, the cycle of violence and violence begets violence and stuff like that. I understand, but it doesn't work. So uh, I'd say the movie is worthless. But I'll I'll tell you this: it's better than Saw. Uh, so congrats for clearing the lowest bar possible for a movie. Uh, now, uh, back to my dad. For I mentioned all this to my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, I just watched Hustle. Oh, it wasn't very good. And uh, he says to me, yeah, you know, Hustle 2 wasn't much better. And I, I like, kind of look up at him <laughs> like, you saw Hostel 2? And he said to me in front of God and everyone, of course. <laughs> Uh, and I, dude, I was gonna make a fucking joke about your dad watching Hostel 2, but it actually happened. Dude, I <laughs> I fucking look at him, I'm like, why did you watch Hostel 2? Because I have to admit, I was scared in that moment that he's seen more movies on the list than I have. Uh, which, even odds that he has, he, he we have to... wrote the list. <laughs> dude, that's a twist. Uh, no, uh, apparently he watched Hostel 1... And didn't like it very much. And then the next movie on was Hot Soul 2. And he was like, I'm retired. So he just like left it on. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I might as well watch this. See what happens. And he said, nah, 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 not very good either. If there is a Hostel 3, he's probably seen it. And Parker's what just... What do you mean if? <laughs> and Parker says to me, he's like, you know, your dad has watched <laughs> at least two Eli Roth movies. Which is as many as I've seen. <sighs> so cool your dad rules i i i don't understand him man. I, I just don't get it big shout out to you recording a video of him my first glimpse of your dad and just seeing the belt clip inside the house I'm like fuck yeah dude i i fucking love that you're just like yeah man i don't understand my dad i don't know why he watches all these shitty movies so anyway back to this list full of shitty movies that i have to watch this is different this is for a good cause okay so the next one which is also from the list i have i don't have much to say about this is uh quater mass in the pit 1967, British movie, L.O., etc. 
Um, the only thing to say about this is this is the ultimate British dad movie. You know, once you become oh, a dad, yeah. you're just like, oh, I, oh, I used to watch stuff like this, and then your kids go and do heroin. So the next movie I watched was uh, <laughs> I watched like uh, all three of those a month ago. They are all mixed in my brain now. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> you know, the, here's like one of the things. Like, I feel like I can watch a British movie and basically understand what they're saying, even with the accents. That's a movie where you really need the subtitles because they speak so fast and like so much oh, yeah. together. It's really tough. Uh, so here's a little, uh, you know, admitting just how ignorant I am. I only just learned about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes this week. Uh, I basically had no idea what that company was or who she was until this week, so I feel pretty stupid for that. Uh, I guess the reason is because that news broke when I was overseas, so I just didn't hear about it for a while. So I decided, well, I might as well catch up on all this. I'll, uh, I could read the book, or I could watch the movie instead, which is only like an hour and a half. So I watched The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. <coughs> and you know what? Honestly, uh, I thought it was a good documentary. But I kind of realized that a lot of people don't like this documentary very much. They're like, oh, it didn't go hard enough on Elizabeth Holmes, and it's still unresolved, and you shouldn't make this movie until you get a resolution and you should go into more details and it keeps showing the same b-roll footage of her walking into her office i'm like yeah i guess and it kind of made me come to a realization i think i have like way lower standards for documentaries than most people do or at least uh, lower standards for documentaries than most regular documentary watchers do because like I think about uh, the two documentaries for uh, the Fire Festival, which I rewatched this week, and because uh, I was like, oh come on, were those good? Do I just uh, have low standards? And I still like them. I still think that they're pretty good documentaries. And a lot of people are just like, oh, the Hulu one was lousy, and there's all these other problems with them. Like I don't know. I just thought it was good because it it teaches me something. It teaches me information, and the information appears to be true. They're not lying to me. I don't know, I guess I like to learn. Um, there are documentaries that I haven't liked. I, I mentioned I had problems with Woodstock 99, and I really hated uh, The Biggest Little Farm. That was, a war- that was a waste of my time. But uh, I don't know, I think The Inventor <laughs> Alfred Blood in Silicon Valley is good. I also think that the two fire documentaries are pretty good as well. Um, last one here. Uh, I watched a David Lynch movie. It's called Lost Highway, and it's from 1997. This has Bill Pullman. It has, um, oh, what's her name? The, uh, the girl from, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. <laughs> Patricia Arquette. Oh, yeah. Patricia Arquette. Why? I was say, Parker can take that one. <laughs> I was going, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it has the last filmed appearance of Richard Pryor. Uh, he's in a wheelchair for this movie. And uh, Robert Loggia's in it. And like most David Lynch movies, it's a little difficult to comprehend. I was able to basically understand what was going on, uh, but to what purpose was much harder to discern. But I still had a good time. I, I guess it's one of those things where, when it's a David Lynch movie, I guess I don't really care if I quite understand it because I'm having such a good time while I'm watching it. Uh, so it... As with any David Lynch production, it gets only a tentative recommendation. The only thing that he's ever done that I give like a really strong recommendation would be Twin Peaks and uh, uh, I suppose Blue Velvet. Uh, everything else he does is just like you got to know what you're getting into because his stuff is so strange and so dreamlike. But that being said, uh, I like Lost Highway almost as much as I like uh, Millennium Boulevard. Uh, Oh, or Mulholland Drive. I don't know why I said Millennium Boulevard. It's a different movie, isn't it? Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah I've well, only seen Blue Velvet still. <laughs> Blue Velvet's good. Movies. Yeah. 
I would not recommend The Elephant Man, though. Everyone talks about how great that one is, but uh, I don't know. I think it's a little too normal, actually. So, <laughs> You know who else thinks that? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Well, Alex, what did you watch? The Joker. <laughs> no, I did not watch The Joker, nor will I be watching The Joker. All right, so uh, I figured I'd uh, I'd turn my segment into a little game this week for you guys and the listeners. Oh, we love um, games. I have uh, I, I've split the movies I watched into two very distinct categories. They each have a theme. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down you know the categories and I, I want to see if you guys can pick out what the theme is. Obviously, feel free to play uh, play along at home. Uh, all right, what do we got here? All right, so uh, I had never seen Attack the Block before. It's just one of those movies that like I've always heard good things about, but you just never never got around to. Like algorithm never showed it to me. I guess I don't know. Man, it's a real shame about the alien design because everything else about that movie is incredible. There, I mean, it's certainly different. I'll give it that. <laughs> they stand out in my brain. Yeah, but uh... yeah, I'm not gonna forget them. But they look like I could have made them, <laughs> which <laughs> not what you're looking for. But uh. You know, for for someone such as myself that has such revulsion towards the British in general, I had a great time. <laughs> Speaking like of subtitled it. movies, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Chris, have you seen Attack the Block? No, but I just remembered something that I should probably insert about the Elizabeth Holmes thing. I told Parker about this, and Alex, this is specifically for you. Okay, specifically. I was wondering why you... I, you I forgot, thought you were I trying forgot, to I forgot. I should have said this. Okay. So, uh... Have you heard of Elizabeth Holmes, Alex? Vaguely, she's the like, uh, like, she was the CEO girl boss of this uh, fraudulent company, and she yeah, from, like that's basically the yeah. extent of what I know. Yeah, well, yeah. she also I think I mentioned a million times on this podcast. I'm more of a voice guy, so like I identify people by her voices, and a lot of people said, "Oh, she's doing this fake voice," and I'm like, "Oh, come on, how can you tell?" And I took I took one listen to her voice, and I'm like, "Okay, never mind, that's obviously fake." She talked. Hang on, I, I actually did a really good impression of it earlier. It's like, she talks like this earlier on because women are trusted more when they speak with deep voices. And I was like, oh, come on. And I looked at her, and you, you've you actually like heard her go revert to her real voice sometimes and realize and go back to her deep voice because people respect me when I do this. During one of her interviews, they ask her, um, who's your favorite Star Wars character? And she says, <laughs> she says, Yoda. And they ask her, what does Yoda sound like? <laughs> and I pause the movie and I check to see if like the extension was like uh, the inventor out for Blood Silicon Valley, like brackets, the Alex Star version. <laughs> and she says, Yoda sounds like do or do not there is no try so jerk of the week is also Elizabeth Holmes for doing the worst impression of Yoda I've ever heard <laughs> if she had gone yum 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 it would better well she watch Alex <laughs> um anyway uh so I think you would get a lot out of Attack the Block because it's very much like a it's very very well written it's a movie that doles out information at like the proper rate because like are you familiar with the premise at all? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. So, like, these British kids, like, th like teenagers, are in a gang, and, uh, like, an alien crash lands on Earth, and they kill it, and which, like, prompts an alien invasion, basically. So it's just, like, these kids from the hood and this one white lady, um, just, like, trying to, like, figure out why the aliens are here, what they want, and, like, you know, fight back against them. 
while, you know, other stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just, it's really, really, really well written is, like, the, the highest compliment that I can pay it. Because, like, you hear that premise and you kind of feel like you know what you're in for. And, like, to a certain extent you do. But, like, the rate at which you learn things about the characters and, like, begin to care about them is just really, really well executed. Like, for something that should be genre trash, it's way better than genre trash. So, uh, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth your time. It's also, like, what, like, a hundred minutes max? Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty reasonable. Um, it's great that they're just a bunch of shitty little teenage kids. So you start with them being real hood rat shithead kids and watching them grow into better people. Including people that they fucked over at the start of the movie. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. I don't need a sequel, but I'm not upset that they're making one. Yeah. Everything and, gets and a sequel. Could do worse. As long as the sequel's about the fucking two eight-year-old kids with the squirt guns. Like, oh my god, dude. They're so good. <laughs> the best fucking characters. There's these two, like, like they can't be older than, like, eight or nine kids that, like, you know, they want to be in, like, the cool kid gang and, like, they want to help fight the aliens. But they have, like, a pop gun and a super soaker full of, uh... Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you what the Super Soaker's full of, because it pays off later. But uh, <laughs> there's there's definitely a scene where, uh, like, you know, the older kids are like, Yeah, you know, fuck off with your little squirt gun. And, like, the kids look at each other and go, they don't know what's in it. And, like, I'm sitting <laughs> on the couch like, oh my god, they peed in the squirt gun. The aliens are going to die from pee. <laughs> and it's not that, but uh, that would have been very good. Uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> don't ask me why I did this, but uh, <laughs> I watched the Clive Owen King Arthur movie from 2004. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I can't remember if I've seen this. Uh, so you'll know based on what I'm about to say. Okay. Look, I, I'm, I'm like I'm absolutely a history dork, but like I don't care about movies getting history right at all because like why would you? It's fucking entertainment. It doesn't matter. Like uh, aside from shit like you know shit posting about the giant fucking biplane and Wonder Woman, like I don't actually care. However. You can't center a fucking King Arthur movie on the fucking Romans. Absolutely go fuck yourself. <laughs> you cannot be fucking serious. I have a feeling I did see this. <laughs> I, I think you did. I, I, like, I feel like you logged it, and like I saw that, but I don't... I, uh, I'm not go no, I think um, I saw it in theaters, and I didn't get it. <laughs> no, like, the whole fucking thing is like, alright, so uh, the Roman Empire took these Russian guys and shipped them up to Britain to defend the Empire... And, like, they have, like, this, uh, you know, they're, they're, it has to be, like, their descendants have to be in this knighthood of, like, these famous warriors and blah, 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 blah. And, oh, no, the empire's collapsing. What are we gonna do? And, like, Merlin lives north of Hadrian's Wall with a bunch of pagans, and they have to fight invaders. And Mads Mikkelsen is there and gets, like, his big heroic sword fight where he eats shit in, like, 20 seconds. And it's really funny. <laughs> um, no, it's really bad. It's really not good. Like, I mean, I, I'm predisposed to hate sword and sorcery bullshit as is, but I was like, you know what, this is probably at least going to be, like, well-made and interesting to look at. Nope. Not at all. There is nothing there. Uh, you should one million percent skip this one and watch any of the other bad King Arthur movies, because there are plenty. I, I bet my good friend Chris hasn't seen the Guy Ritchie one. There's no way Chris has seen the Guy Ritchie one. No, I, I haven't seen the I Guy have, Ritchie I one. I haven't seen that. Is that so? <laughs> no. You haven't I seen told you I was thinking about watching it, and then you watched it and said it was bad. And I'm like, sick, I'm going to save myself the 150 minutes. Well, 
Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not brief. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Siri, I'm what sure are the we'll worst musicals in movie history? <laughs> it's like that already, huh? <laughs> You've um, seen most of them, so. Uh, so I'm not going to say too awful much about already planned future episode exit wounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is plenty to say that I am going to. I'm going to leave all that meat on the bone for us. However, I do have to let people know that DMX plays a white hat hacker in this movie who got rich from like the dot com bubble so we get to see a lot of DMX like hacking on like shitty old like late 90s computers and it is very 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 good also where's a button down in this (laughs) Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson in the same movie you figure it out um uh so I had one remaining assignment from last year's Game of Games that I was determined to knock out. Chris assigned me a movie from the 80s called Heavy Metal. Yes. Chris, oh, are shit. you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to talk about something? <laughs> now, I didn't say I liked this movie. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> so, like, My dad loves this movie, though. There's some interesting shit going on. I like a lot of the animation. Like... I'm not a vignettes guy. I'll never be a vignettes guy. If I don't have time to, like, get into, like, why I should give a shit about what's going on, then, like, it's just gonna get wiped from my brain. So, like, I watched this, like, less than a week ago, and I probably have forgotten half the shit that happens in it. However, I have absolutely not forgotten the fact that at least three of these fucking vignettes have a naked woman with gigantic tits going up to the male lead and being like, wow, you're so amazing, you saved me. I would do literally anything for or to you. It just happens over and over and over. It's the horniest fucking cartoon I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was the like, good part about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like, I can tell that this movie was like literally made by somebody who's like, you know what, no one's ever done porn with a real story before. Like, you call this like, a real like, like, story, like, which is interesting. <laughs> compared to porno plots, Yes. Yes, I am saying that. I, I've never seen I've never seen any porn where somebody flies around like a giant bat, you know? Like Normies. Uh, so did yeah. you have any like segment that was your favorite? Uh, so I really liked the the one with the guys in the B seventeen with the zombies. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that aesthetic just worked way better for me than like, oh, we're on a weird planet and everybody has swords and is naked, which oh. is like four of them. So. Yeah. Uh, I my favorite is probably the Hanover Fist one. Um <laughs> Just, that was uh, the one where the, the guy says uh, preschool prostitution ring, which uh, I actually put on uh, one of my job applications. Have you ever been arrested for anything? And I didn't really want the job, but I was like, I gotta apply anyway. So I just... Uh, I just wrote down uh, running a preschool prostitution ring, and I ended up not getting the job, so that ended up wow, working weird, out for me. Weird, uh, weird how that works out. You say you like the animation, which is uh, among the most stunning admissions I've ever heard on this podcast, because this well, is one of the ugliest fucking movies I've ever seen. <laughs> so, I, like, I will say, like, it's different. It stands mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And, like, I appreciate the ways in which it stands out. Like, if you're gonna make a fucking animated vignette movie, at least make it memorable. And yeah. this was absolutely memorable. Yeah. Like, I'm never gonna watch this again unless I'm, like, on seven different fucking drugs. Which, like, Chris, how do you, like, watch this movie if you've never done drugs? I don't understand. I, this I, is, I, like... <laughs> I was just gonna... Vid- I think my dad recommended it, and I was like, oh, it's animated. What could go wrong? And I put it on, and yeah. I was like... I, I don't know. There there are parts yeah. I like. Again, I like a Hanover Fist. Um, I like boobs, and uh, 
I like the the one song they play, uh, "The Mob Rules" by Black Sabbath. I thought that song was really oh yeah, good. yeah, yeah. The 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 music in this I, is why I thought you recommended it to, oh, to me. Oh no, assigned it to me because it, <laughs> it may have been. I don't remember. Rock heavy, but, uh, <laughs> which is kind of one of the weird things. You look at the soundtrack to this. There's like one actual heavy metal song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have to admit, there's like that that opening scene where uh, an astronaut drives a muscle car out of a space satellite and down to planet Earth. It was like, that's how every movie should begin. Yeah. Uh, then he gets killed by an orb. I, I I did laugh quite hard at the fact that the movie was called Heavy Metal and also there's a Devo song in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I will not be recommending this to anybody because they will think that I am a coomer. Well, but, at, um, least, uh, at least now that you've seen it, you can watch Heavy Metal 2000, the sequel. Oh, is it actually related? Which I saw that. Which I, I heard is fucking terrible because I beat one of my coworkers in a movie bet, and I I don't remember uh, why, but I was like, oh, how about Heavy Metal Two Thousand? And he was not pleased. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I hope it's good. Well, see. So, uh, um, so that concludes the first of my two categories of movies. Astute listeners and my wonderful co-hosts, can you guess what the common theme was between these movies? Uh, movies that you liked and movies that you didn't like? Not quite. Uh. Parker, you got a guess? I'm just trying to connect from fucking British kids and aliens to... Clive Owen. Oh, they're both foreign <laughs> movies. They're both foreign movies. Because uh, Heavy Metal's Canadian. Uh, Exit Wounds is very much not. And Exit Wounds. I, yeah, I know. Exit yeah, what the right. fuck? Alright, All right, guys. So the theme is movies that do not have kickboxing. Now let's move on to my second category. <laughs> movies that have kickboxing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So a few weeks ago, Parker talked about a movie called The Dark Angel, Psycho Kickboxer. Also Fuck known yeah, as dude. Psycho Kickboxer, The Dark Angel. Yeah, now, dude. he hit most of the highlights from this movie. Both of those head explosions are incredible. It's so insane, dude. The, the fucking scene where the, the Dark Angel thwarts a mugging, or, or like a carjacking, and like throws the guy on the ground, and the lady gets back in her car and runs over the guy's <laughs> head. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. Production values on this are absolute dog shit. The acting is dog shit. The fights are pretty good. The plot is convoluted and stupid in the ways that, like, if you know, you know. But uh, the, the main reason that I want to talk about this on this show, and Chris, I apologize in advance for saying this. This has the funniest original song playing over the credits that I've ever heard in my life. Which I know for a fact is going to make you watch it. No, but, that probably so this came would out, do it. This came out in, like, 1997. And uh, so the, the music over the credits, it's like basically like techno beatbox like and then it's just like a dude that sounds literally like the impression I'm about to do just going dark angel and then some words and like, kickboxer dark angel it is I have to see this unbelievably good like <laughs> even if you don't watch the movie which I'll you just don't download the soundtrack to, but also, like, 
I I don't I couldn't find it. That's the problem. The then problem I will is rip that the, it o- from the, movie. the only place that I could find it was in the movie. Like I went to YouTube, I googled the end song because I was like, surely somebody else has thoughts about this. Like there's no fucking way I'm the only person that heard this and went, this is the funniest thing ever. Could not find it. But maybe there are just too many psycho kickboxer adjacent videos on YouTube. So uh, I don't know. Anyway, if you know, you know. Um, what else do we have here? Okay, so uh, um, you know, to celebrate the life of one Sonny Chiba, who we lost a little over a week ago now, I was like, you know, to me, for most of my life, he was just the guy from Tokyo Drift. Like I had never really like delved into like what he did like in his prime. So I was like, let me see what I can find. Let me see, uh, let me see if I can find like some good like old Sonny Chiba. So I watched a movie from 1977 called Soul of Chiba, also known as Soul of Bruce Lee. <laughs> Hang on a sec. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, my understanding is that this is part of the Bruce exploitation genre, although there is literally nothing Bruce Lee adjacent in this movie whatsoever that I could tell, other than the fact that there are people fighting. Um, so... It's from the 70s, and it's a kung fu movie, so the plot is just, like, wildly hacked together. Makes zero sense. Like, our leads are Sonny Chiba and uh, the guy that played the Black Star Ninja in American Ninja, which is really great for me. I was having a great time. Uh, Friend of the program Bolo Young is involved in this. However, his character, like, canonically has had his tongue cut out because he used to be an undercover cop. And also, he wears, like, the tiniest fedora throughout the entire movie. <laughs> so, doesn't talk. Massive dude with a fedora the whole time. It's he, he's a pretty big um, guy, so that might have been a regular-sized fedora. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, like, the themes throughout this movie... So, like, there are a couple. Like, the what I can basically piece together of the plot is, like... Sonny Chiba's character, when he was a kid, like, his family got murdered by terrorists or something, so he went to, like, join this fighting dojo, became, like, one of the star students, and then, like, his master gets murdered by one of the other pupils, whose name is, and I don't, again, because this is, like, a foreign production, I don't know if this joke was intentional or not, but, uh, the the bad guy's name is Sam Wan, so every time that, like, like, the whole movie, they're just, like, looking for him, so they're going up to people going, like, I'm looking for Sam Wan. Like, constantly. <laughs> Come on. It killed with me. It Come was really on. good. It was really good. Like, is there real dumb Abbott and Costello shit? And I don't know if it was on purpose or not, which makes it even funnier. Josh Rose. But, uh... Yeah, they're, uh... They're trying to find this guy. There's, like, this weird, like, 20-minute subplot because the Black Star Ninja has a long-lost brother who is, like, this, like, James Bond-type character with fucking Javier Bardem's hair for some reason. Um, and then that character's just <laughs> dead and gone from the movie. Like... Don't worry about it. Our boys are are partnered up. Um, We find out that Sonny Chiba's character has, like, this drug addiction to this thing that is, like, a cross between cocaine and senzu beans. Because, like, (laughs) after all of his training sequences, he just, like, shoves his face in this bag, comes out covered in white powder. He's like, I am, I have the miraculous restoring powers of this drug. It's like, okay, buddy, sure. (laughs) One of the, one of the, the, like, the... God, no pun intended, but one of the currents running through this movie is uh, all of his training sequences involve, like, putting electrodes on himself and just, like, shocking his muscles, and he's just, like, standing there, like, shaking, like, (laughs) during, like, all of his training moves and shit, which is real, real good. Um, 
characters just get introduced and murdered within like six minutes by uh, Sam Wan, because like, of course they do. Uh, but I am really burying the lead on this, because there is one scene in particular that makes this absolute appointment viewing. It has no connection whatsoever to the rest of the movie. Don't ask me to try to put the pieces together. But uh, Sonny Chiba's like walking through a field, he sees these four guys coming at him. Like, they stop, they have the stare down. And then these dudes just start making monkey noises and hopping around like monkeys. <laughs> and there's, like, a voiceover that's like, ah, yes, the martial art, the ancient martial art where, where fighters are possessed by the spirit of monkeys to fight. So he fights these four dudes doing monkey impressions at the same time. But it's not just that they're doing, like, monkey impressions, like, you know, hopping around like monkeys. They're, like, biting him on the ankle and throwing things at him and shit like that. And periodically throughout the scene, it's interspersed with, like, Sonny Chiba punching actual monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of the funniest fight scenes I have ever seen in my life. Oh, I gotta remember to download this. I gotta remember to download the sound effect of Dale Gribble going, Monkey style! <laughs> this entire movie is on YouTube. If nothing else, find that scene and watch it. Because A, it is incredible, and B, you absolutely 1000% do not need the context of the rest of the movie to understand it. Because it's not there. Turns out, uh, there are a couple good 70s movies. Who knew? Okay, what else do I have in this I just have a blank sheet of paper for this whole segment (laughs) (laughs) so uh I inadvertently went back and listened to the uh, no retreat no surrender episode earlier this week because when I plug my airpods in or like when I put them in my ears it just starts playing our podcast for some reason yeah it happens to a lot of people apparently I don't know what that is I don't I don't know how we uh, I don't know how we managed to pay for that treatment, but it's always yeah, us. We gotta like keep it's going never right. anything yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Apple. I guess. Yeah. But uh, uh, Parker made a comment in that episode um, about the production company being called uh, Seasonal Films Productions, I believe, and like <clears throat> what an absolutely stupid name it was. So uh, I did a bit of a deep dive on Seasonal Films this week, which is a Hong Kong studio that also made like. Uh, a very short run of uh, American productions in the late 80s and early 90s, including No Retreat, No Surrender, No Retreat, No Surrender 2, and No Retreat, No Surrender 3, Blood Brothers. So uh, let me tell you about this movie. (coughs) Same lead as No Retreat, No Surrender 2, playing a completely different character. Yes. Um, So we're off to a great start. Uh, So this movie is like... uh, this guy, he was in the CIA, he's retired, he has two kids, one of whom followed his footsteps, joined the CIA, the other of whom is a karate teacher who spends the entire movie wearing a denim jacket covered in hammer and sickle package, patches, which is really, really funny. The opening of this movie, so we start out, red screen, a Chairman Mao quote appears while gun sound effects play as each letter come up. <laughs> which immediately seen transitions into a dude shooting an Uzi at the American flag, which immediately transitions into a bank robbery that is thwarted by our lead because he is pretending to be on crutches the whole time and then picks up a crutch and starts impaling people with it. So, like, five-star opening. Absolute incredible opening. Like, they they go to their dad's birthday party, and you see, they don't get along. They come from different worlds, you know? One of them followed in dad's footsteps and joined the CIA. The other one just fucks around and drives a fucking Volkswagen Beetle and does karate all the time. But then dad gets murdered by some terrorists. 
So uh, they gotta team up to fight all the bad guys. The choreography in this one's actually pretty good. Like, it's of the of the kickboxing movies I watched this week. This probably has like the weakest plot, which is saying something. But uh, you're not really wasting your time with it. There's a bunch of just like real good like late '80s, early '90s goodness. Like, the terrorists are in a meeting one time, and they just show fucking stock footage of H.W. Bush with, like, a crosshair on his head, which will get you thrown to Gitmo now. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> um... It is cool to see one of these movies where it's two guys that can fight, like, fighting together in basically all of the scenes. Um, again, really well choreographed. Apparently this company knew what they were doing. Which is why I decided to continue on to a movie called The King of the Kickboxers, also sometimes known as No Retreat, No Surrender 4. Not an official Sir. sequel... However, same director, same lead as No Retreat, No Surrender 3. Different character again, of course. So let's start this movie off. We have, uh, we have this little kid. He's at his older brother's like karate tournament. His, his older brother has won the championship. He is the new champion of the world, or whatever stakes these are. I can't fucking tell. They're, all, they're celebrating, they go out, some gangsters come up, and they're like, hey man, what the fuck, you were supposed to throw the match. And he's like, yeah, but my opponent really sucked and I knew I could win, so I just went for it. So of course, they murder him immediately and kick the shit out of his kid brother. <laughs> and when I say they, are either of you familiar with Billy Blanks? No, Absolutely. I'm not. Okay, well, for Chris and the listeners at home, these are the things you need to know about Billy Blanks. Number one, like, late 80s, early 90s, he was like a big deal like fitness instructor got like some movie roles off it but like his main thing was like he was like a fitness guy number two he's the inventor of Taibo hell yeah dude and number three and this is the important and crucial point in this movie he is an enormous black man with a high top fade god yes dude so he is our villain and he kicks the shit out of this guy's older brother and him like the eight year old kid or whatever just beats the fuck out of them because this guy wouldn't throw a match that he agreed to throw so the entire rest of the movie is, uh, like, the kid obviously gets older, he becomes our lead, and he's like, I gotta track this guy down, I, like, I gotta get, I gotta get revenge for my brother, but how am I gonna do that? Well, thankfully, he's in luck, because the bad guy's plot in this is, uh, having Billy Blanks challenge champion kickboxers to fights on camera and turning them into snuff films. Like, he just... What? What? <laughs> yes! That's... A bit much. Yeah, my eyes just <laughs> shot open. Oh my god! It was just like, hey man, you want to come make a bunch of money to fight in front of the like for this movie that we're making? And everyone's like, yeah, sure, man, I'd love to. And then he just kills them on camera, and they sell the videos. Man, can you imagine? Fill for so the soup. And can you imagine <laughs> if someone's like listening to our podcast to fall asleep and they hear that? <laughs> Just confirming, yes, Billy Blanks, of course, also a prominent role in the very first Blood Fist movie. Future eight episodes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, I will get there. Don't you worry. Um, Jinkies. So, like, you know, first act, he's, like, going around. He's just, like, going around to, like, random kickboxing gyms in, I think, Thailand. And just, like, being, like, give me your best fighter. Like, just trying to, like, get notoriety by just kicking the shit out of random Thai dudes at these gyms. The second act, uh, he finds this old drunken master guy, the only person that's ever managed to put Billy Blanks' character, who is named Khan, of course, 
only one that's ever managed <laughs> to put Khan on his back. So, uh, so he's got to train him, right? And he's, like, doing all this convoluted training where he's, like, throwing logs around and shit. You know, it's typical, very typical second act in one of these movies. It's just all, like, training and, like, the people bonding and stuff. And then he gets a shot to go fight Billy Blanks. And, uh, I am not exaggerating when I say this might be the best fight I've ever seen in a movie. It is so fucking good. Like, both of them are, like, selling the fight incredibly well. Like, all of the camera work is great. They're fighting in, like, this fucking arena surrounded by, like, punji pits with, like, a big wooden cage over the top. And there's, like, natives, like, climbing up on the cage. Natives or, like, actors playing natives. Like, I, I say that not in the literal sense, but, like, in the context of the movie. Because, like, they're making a movie within the movie, right? So it's, like, they, they're just dudes, like, climbing all over the cage in, like, loincloths and shit. Like, pointing and, like, shouting at the fights that's going on. But, like, this fight goes on for, like almost 15 minutes and every single like second of it is absolutely riveting like legitimately i i know i've been one for hyperbole at points in the past but like you gotta see this fight dude like i don't care if you watch the whole movie this fight is incredible also whole things on youtube so like it's not not yes god i love youtube everything in this category is on youtube oh i assumed it was all on prime or youtube (laughs) Oh yeah! Like once I. What do you think that... I watched? Psycho Kickboxer. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a solid fucking four and a half star movie, based mostly on that last fight. Because like the rest of it is good. The rest of it, like you're getting what you came for, but that fight, dude, holy shit! Like, I wish Billy Blanks was in more of these. Like he absolutely like sells the menace of the villain just like the physical imposing nature of it but also can do every fucking stunt and like there's no fucking cutaways and stunt doubles it's just these two these two dudes wailing on each other it's fucking great dude it's so good and uh that was not the end of my seasonal films productions journey because I was reading the uh, the letterbox comments on this and somebody was like yeah it's good but it's not as good as some of their other movies such as Blood Moon and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is Blood Moon? <laughs> what? So, uh, Blood Moon, one word, not two, in case anyone's curious at home. Okay. Not a werewolf movie. Wow. However, it is a movie <laughs> where a serial killer is knocking off martial arts champions. God, yes. Yes. So we get our first scene. <laughs> Wait, it's just like half of Dragon Ball. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, oh, trust me. Not worried in the slightest right now. Why does Blood Moon sound like something that Parker's watched? It's probably a weird movie of some sort. You know what? Just fast forward to a week from now and you'll be right, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) By the time this is uploaded, uh, you'll have seen it. So we get our our cold open of this movie. There's this, like, boxing champion at his gym just, like, doing (laughs) boxing shit. You know, everybody's like, oh, man, you're so great. You're so awesome. You know, he's still training after the lights go down and everyone goes home because, you know... First to show up to the gym in the morning, last to leave at night. You know, just rise and grind, buddy, you know. This fucking dude, dressed like Zorro, shows up and goes, You're good, but you don't have the killer instinct. I do, so let's fight to the death. And so, they start fighting. Uh, Very quickly revealed that Zorro guy not only has, like, metal studs on his shoes but also has, like, metal claws for fingers that are painted like fingers. So, uh, he's just wailing on this dude with metal. This dude obviously can't, like, he can only do so much. 
Dude gets killed. He's like, yeah, I was right. You don't have the killer instinct. <laughs> um, his second kill in this movie is Rob Van Dam in a bar for some reason. I don't... Oh my god, 1997 Rob Van Now we're talking. Correct. Now, now we're speaking Parker's language. Yes, we are. Uh, we get Jinkies. we get our leads in this movie, uh, one of whom is some white dude who's in a lot of these whose name I forgot. The other of whom is like literally just doing an Eddie Murphy impression, like the whole fucking time. <laughs> and like it's a decent Eddie Murphy impression, but like you can't get away from the fact that that's just what the whole character is. And so like there's like police work of these two guys, you know, like working together, trying to uh um figure out who the killer is and why he's targeting these people um oh important to note uh for this movie hong kong director so it looks great uh like the whole thing looks awesome there there's like a scene where like the one like lead cop because he was like retired and like they pulled him back in because i don't even fucking know why but uh he's like having like nightmares about his like when he used to be a cop before and like he wakes up in a cold sweat on the couch and just immediately throws a stack of papers up in the air and they all like come like slow-mo to the ground you know like the extra shit that you see in fucking hong kong movies it's sick like it's really good um the uh (laughs) they find out that the serial killer is like somehow using the computer to like track down his victims however again 1997 so 1997 computers and also Every time there's a computer, there's, like, a voice recording that plays with it, or, like, the the killer, like, reveals more information, and then the computer explodes, which is incredibly good. Um, I'm sure you'll be watching this, so I'm not gonna say too much about, like, the middle parts of the movie. Um, however, I do desperately need to talk about the ending. So the ending, you know, we, we have our final fight on the roof, the two cops against the serial killer guy. The serial killer guy has kidnapped, like, the older cop's wife and kid, and, like, has them tied to a bomb, and is just like, you know, uh, it's like, you have to defeat me in time to save them, or else. So, our hero wins the fight, like, he, he kills the kills the bad guy, but, like, the clock's about to run out. He's like, oh, fuck, man, I can't save my family, this is awful. Like, runs over, like, hugs his wife, they look into each other's eyes, they have, like, their tearful goodbye. The bomb explodes. It's just confetti, and a tape, re- tape recorder falls out. And it's the serial killer's voice. He's like, ha 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 ha, I would never harm an innocent. I am a man of principle. And then the credits immediately roll. <laughs> what? Five stars, dude. It's I so good. I am not sleeping tonight. That goes, because... Fuck, man. <laughs> Uh, so excited. So you know, there is also a seasonal films production movie called Super Fights, which is loosely based on uh, that fucking storyline from the mid-90s when the, it was rumored that Vince McMahon was force-feeding steroids to his wrestlers. Oh my god. Uh, I watched about the first half of it, and by that I mean I watched long enough to see like our lead get drafted into the fake WWE and have everyone throw fights for him. And then, like, while he's training, a guy in a ninja costume shows up to tell him it's all fake. And then I paused it and had to go do other things. So, uh, feel free to report back next week. <laughs> Turns out Seasonal really Films is... did great work. There's just a whole world out there we don't even know about. Yeah! <laughs> I had a wonderful week. Parker. I'm so happy for you. What have you got for us, buddy? Oh my god, give me a second to recover here. <laughs> Okay. You know what? Uh, since, you know, we're really just vibing off each other right now, 
Alex, you know, you and I, we bump heads occasionally. We don't have the exact same taste. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Let's just keep the good vibes going as I turn to you and say, dude, Toy Story 3 fucking sucks. That Thank movie you. sucks my whole Thank ass. Thank you. Oh. Thank I you. fucking hate it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's the same movie. It's the exact same thing. But worse in every except, way. Yeah. Except oh. Woody's just being a cuck about how much he misses Andy for a hundred minutes. Fucking keep it. I, I kind of like the part where uh, the, the space guy spoke Spanish. Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah? We're going to pretend we don't know his name right now. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I'm just, I had to think about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like it that much. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. It's space guy. I don't know. I don't know. That part was. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of fun sequences, but like, it's the same movie. The villain's the same character. After everyone that, has like, the same journey. Like over time, I kind of got a little bit more cynical about it because it kind of makes it, it feels sort of manipulative. You know, it, it makes you want to feel nostalgic over these specific toys. Not about like toys in general, but it's like, don't aren't you guys gonna miss Woody and Buzz and Pig and. The dinosaur and the, the Bo Peep. Uh, no, cowboys are stupid. Yeah. I would fucking headbutt but John like, Wayne. They if keep you were talking alive. about like, aren't you guys gonna miss them? But people are like, no, we love them. I think the movie was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture, which I think was Alex's it sure biggest was. Oh, yeah. about it. And then they well, made a fourth one, <laughs> not, not even Peele. close to the top. But <laughs> they, they, yeah, they they had nominated it for that, and they, then they made a fourth one with Key and Peele. And now they're coming out with a fifth one. I have not seen the fourth one. Will not be watching the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, I don't want to see the fourth one. I have noted. People are like, "Oh, aren't you excited? It's coming back." I'm like, "No, I'm 30." Yeah, but this thing that happened specifically when you were a kid, aren't you nostalgic for see, it? That, like, wait, well, no, hold on. Now, that's the thing because some things that we liked when we were kids have aged well. You know, Batman the Animated Series is a good thing. That's still fun. You know, this is made for babies, and it's still for babies. I. I don't have any desire to rewatch Toy Story 3. I, Maybe so the I would actually Buzz Lightyear speed Spanish. I thought that was fun. I would actually go a step further. This is not made for babies. It's made for adults with babies that want to feel like a baby again. Actually, like, yeah, I guess I could see that. Or like adults like, who yeah. can't have babies because no one wants to have a baby with them. Also, I'll leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought the cold open was really cute, and then like the next scene, I was like, "Oh, this isn't for me. This is a mistake." Yeah. No, but the I movie thought, I want to watch is still downloading. I, so here we wait, go. I think yeah. that was like I thought that was manipulative too. Was it? Didn't this come out uh, after Up? Am I correct on that? No, I think it came out before I, Up. I, I don't remember, but I don't know. Where they were like, our friendship will never end, and he just like sort of drops. It's like, oh, I feel so sad that Woody was the little cowboy toy was dropped. I was like, I think they're trying to like capture the same emotions from the first ten minutes of uh, the movie Up with that Asner, rest in peace, and, like. I, it, but it didn't work because I was like, well, I haven't seen Toy Story two since like when did that even come out? Like two thousand, something like that. Or what, I think that was something before like that. that. I think it came out in nineteen ninety nine, and this movie came out in I think two thousand eight. I was like, no, I don't care anymore. I've I've grown up a little bit. It's like, does that mean you forget your favorite toys? I'm like, yeah, I don't play with toys anymore. <laughs> Do you want to watch a hundred minutes of all your favorite toys being sad? It's like, don't no, you feel bad? How do you think your toys feel? I don't think they feel anything. I think they're plastic. Yeah, you know, I this is the part in the podcast where I'm contractually obligated to mention that fucking YouTube prank video of the the kids that edited uh, Toy Story three to end like as the toys are going into the. <laughs> the Such a good bit, dude. One of the funniest pranks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's like when the guys on Game Facts were talking about, oh, the ending to Portal sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
but also like I I remember that video but I'm watching the movie play out I know they're not going to die but I'm just staring like who's this for yeah <laughs> what child wants this imagine these toys that they love being incinerated into a fiery like, death and, and that's like alright Jude you get to watch Woody go to hell <laughs> it's so clearly a, it's so 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 clearly a cash in on the hey I loved this when I was a kid maybe I can make these same memories with my kid but like it's not for the kid. It's for you. Like yeah, you're being yeah, selfish. Yeah. Oh, you mean fucking every game. Pixar yeah. movie in yeah. the last fifteen years? Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> yeah. all are like they're not kids' movies. Like, Dude, yeah, what wait, fucking uh, kid is ever gonna get anything out of Inside Out? Like anything at all? Do you remember? Like, like, fuck, like I'm eight, man. I want to play Fortnite. You remember those topics on like LL where people are like, "When I have a kid, and the, this guy's never gonna have a kid. When I have a kid, I'm gonna make my kid play these video games and watch these movies, so he'll be as cool as me." I'm just like, boy, <laughs> I feel bad for God that. You are posting on ETI, <laughs> my dude. Thank God our generation doesn't fuck, man. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> By choice. Yeah, of course. I mean. So, every time I watch The Fog, I think, this should probably be my top five, and then it just never ends up in my top five. It's always like a borderline one. I think I've figured out the reason. It's because Tom Atkins doesn't have a mustache, and it's oh, yeah. it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't tie it together. It really that puts you at a solid six. I'm sorry, but I love everything else about it. Mm-hmm. All I want in my life, I will do anything it takes for us to record this podcast out of an abandoned lighthouse. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I've ever wanted. It's all I'll ever need. Look, I would be remiss if I, I didn't t- mention this here. I hate ASMR. As a as a self-professed voice guy, like ASMR really pisses me off. I don't like the idea of someone whispering in my ear. But Adrian Barbeau's voice is like the one person who could like pull it off. I'm like, oh, maybe. <laughs> what song are you Very excited for you, to, for you to edit this episode and just find the C Lab Adrian Barbeau bot clips. I mean, just scatter <laughs> them this it's episode. cool how whenever I mention Adrian Barbeau to Josh, that's like the only like thing that he recognizes. But I think I took him to see uh, Escape from New York, and he was like Adrian Barbeau's name comes up on the credits. He's like, "Huh? Remember for the rope?" I'm like, "Yes." yes Josh. <laughs> Obviously, I do, Josh. I didn't actually see like that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I only thought it. <laughs> I the music's love the too. fact that oh, the music's Sorry. great. We have like the fake out ending. We're like, oh wow, we got rid of all the pirates, and then just the last shot is him turning around and getting slashed in the face. Mm-hmm. And then cut to synth and credits. What a good ass movie! But somehow, again, not in my top five. But the, I think it's mostly just because it's it's so much more vibes than his other movies. Well, yeah, I mean, think about like the other movies that he has are just so good. It's not quite as good as Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, uh, Escape from New York, uh, Halloween, The Thing. It's, it's just not. Just say quite Ghost of Mars. Just make him yeah. happy. Yeah, it's <laughs> and fi- Ghost it's fine. of it's Mars. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine this movie with Ice Cube. Well, you know, Parker, did you watch the other version? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like a long time ago. So I didn't even mention. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's st- <laughs> still kind of, it's not even worth mentioning. There's nothing to talk about him. All right, it's not even worth the signing because yeah. there's nothing to even say about it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously a good movie, yeah. but I get how people don't care for it because it's if you're not vibing with just people milling about a small town during the day, I totally get how it wouldn't be your jam. But I could. This is just going to be every October I'm going to watch that Sleepy Hollow back-to-back and then just sleep all night. It does sort of feel like a middle-child sort of movie. 
I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. The fact that he screened it when he first had the cut is like three hours, and he was like, "This fucking sucks," and had to hack it all together. Kind of makes yeah. sense. It add more blood and violence to appease the studio. And you know what? Good call. Always the right call. So, uh, I know I've seen Pitch Black before, <laughs> but I put it on and I remembered fucking nothing. So it might as well have been a first time watching. Man, what a picture. Yeah. What a good ass movie that is heinously ugly for half the runtime. Yeah, that's one of the Those things. Those color about it, filters, man. my god. It looks like such a sci fi original movie, but you're like, wait, this is kind of compelling. <laughs> like, you're totally into it, like, man, this is really ugly. And then halfway through the movie, it's like, hey, man, check this shit out. There's <laughs> big fucking monsters. It's. I wish I could go back and watch it without knowing who and what Vin Diesel is. Because for, like, half the movie, he's just like, oh, yeah, he's the bad guy. Like, he's the monster we have chained up on this ship. I hope he doesn't get loose. And then halfway through, the sun goes down, and big fucking monsters come out and pick them all off. Also, guess who forgot Keith David's in it? This guy? <laughs> yeah. You give me a movie where Keith David's a space Muslim trying to go to New Mecca, strong recommend. Absolutely. Uh, I love that it's just a shitty alien knockoff. And I love that, uh, you know, it's got big, ugly monsters, and it looks like shit, and there's three shots where they look good, and the rest is in darkness. I love every single time you see his bright, shiny little beady silver eyes. Uh, fucking, I love Vin Diesel, you guys. Yeah. Also, I just want to say, Pitch Black, Pitch Black is a lot better than the sequel, Chronicles of Riddick. Well, I probably don't remember that, because I remember we watched like all three in one night. It was the first time like a big group of us all hung out, and we were getting You didn't hammered. tell me you invited my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched them all in order, and so if I don't remember any of Pitch Black... I'm just going to write off all three of them and treat them all as new watches. Yeah, that's fair. Man. There's a lot to remember about Pitch Black. And I'm just like, I keep pausing like, we're like 45 minutes in. I still don't know any of this. and Yeah, it was all brand new to me. So, enjoying my quote-unquote first time through the Riddick <laughs> saga. Uh, expecting diminishing returns next time. <laughs> it's also incredibly funny that this is what got him the Fast and Furious, and he's just, like, somehow one of the biggest stars on the face of the Earth now. Good for him. What else did I watch here? No, I already talked about Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can do uh, it you know what? I'll, I don't want to ever think about that fucking movie again. movie sucks my ass. So, uh, on Netflix, the Headspace Meditation app put out this thing, like, a, to help you sleep. So my girlfriend wanted to try it. So I type in H-E-A-D, and it's like, hey, do you want to watch Headshot starring Eco e Waste? I was like, yeah, <laughs> actually I do. Good call. <laughs> Let me just throw this pitch for you. Uh, cold open, just a violent prison breakout. Prisoners and guards murdering each other violently. Everyone dies. Eco e Waste washes up on a beach. Big old scar on his head. No memory of who he was. He starts getting attacked by mercenaries. There's your pitch. It is insanely violent. Is his name Mo Diamond? Good. I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> the identity of the killer man in this movie. Uh, it's all Indonesian, which meant I had to read a movie for two hours, so, you know, minus five stars. That's just 
you know, I don't make the scale. It's how it is. It's from the same director that's from the upcoming Train to Busan remake, which I'm really enjoying people getting mad. Like, why why can't Americans just watch a foreign movie? Why do I have to whitewash it? Like, it's it's an Indonesian dude directing it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's all going to be fine, folks. But, uh, yeah, uh, it could have been a tight 90. Near the end, uh, you really start to feel the lag on some of these fight scenes. But all in all, pretty strong, like, three and a half star, four star. Pretty good recommendation. And, uh, I think that should about do it for me. Yeah, fuck it, let's talk about this. <laughs> Going from that, right into Bulletproof Monk. Uh, the action scenes, uh, you know, <laughs> not, not very comparable <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> Alright, well. If we're ready to begin, uh, <laughs> pulled up my notes here. Uh... Oh my god, how long has this cat been under my bed? What the fuck? Where did you come from? Jesus Christ, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, hi, Mike. I've had this door shut since I sat down. Where the fuck did you come from? I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'll I just had a heart attack. <laughs> Alright, let's talk oh about uh, Bulletproof Monk. But before we talk about Bulletproof Monk, should we talk about Sean William Scott and how he was just a thing for a couple of years? <laughs> uh, usually, if a movie have needs to a, go back, yeah, if your movie needs a really, really dumb guy with you know that face, Sean William Scott is your answer. He's just got this. He's just kind of got this like excitable puppy face. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to be in your movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm willing to come. You know, just do something like I, really, really stupid. <laughs> it's it's funny because like I'm glad we're doing this now because this is definitely something that I was thinking throughout the entire runtime. Like, I love Stifler. I will be happy to see Stifler do literally anything ever. This might be a real movie if Ryan Reynolds is in it. Like, honestly, like Sean William You're Scott is like such a fucking drag on this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just doesn't have anything to do except like not really tell jokes. Just, like, oh yeah, they're not really jokes. They're like, just kind of they're not even quips. They're just like he's saying things. Yeah, like he's just confused it the just, entire movie. It just needs to be something. Like it can be something I don't like as long as it's something i mean dude this There's movie just, just, this movie is better if it's like benny from the mummy okay I, like that's true of literally everything yeah true so. that yeah anyway yeah sean william scott he i remember when he was a thing uh not a good thing but he was a thing so uh we start off this movie with two tibetan monks uh bow staff fighting on a rickety wood bridge between two mountains with wire foo and I'm just like, all right, here we go. Throwing some bullets, and uh, suddenly you got yourself a movie here. Uh, and they're doing all these like ridiculous spins and everything. And these are the most 2003 ass looking special effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they both win, and uh, they get to go back to their temple, which has no video games in it. So I don't know why they go there. And uh, Chow Yun Fat is there. He plays a monk who has no name. And uh, he is the best fighting monk of all of them. And the uh, monk master uh, tells him that he's got to protect this scroll. Uh, the scroll <laughs> has knowledge where if you read it, you could take over the world. So instead of uh, <laughs> so instead of retrieving the disc, they must protect the scroll. And I always like hey, protecting hey. the scroll more than I like retrieving the disc. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, uh, you let the listeners know who he has to protect the scroll from. Oh, Dude. that's a good question. So they're having a good time on the <laughs> mountain there. They're, you know, they're drinking tea. I'm sure they're going to have some like 
some soup made out of heated snow, and all of a sudden, Nazis invade, because it's 1943, and the Nazis want the ancient scroll of mystical power that will, I don't know, give Hitler robot spider powers. Uh, It's it's hacked to say, like, oh, I did a double take at the screen. The whiplash I gave myself when we spent ten minutes doing wire foo bouncing around on a rickety bridge and then talking about the scroll of the ultimate and the power to control the world and they're all flying around and then just a cut to a bunch of nazis looking over a cliff like i think they have the scroll in there could not believe my fucking eyes dude, <laughs> dude i mean that's the Insanity. thing it's like, talk about hack i mean most people would be hacked and be like oh i was thinking about springtime for hitler dude it it almost feels like a bob fossey movie it's just nazis and it's just like what am i supposed to do <laughs> with this the lead nazi has the naziest haircut i've ever seen like i thought the nazis like one of the things that they didn't really talk about is how they only recruited guys with like decent hairlines this dude is clearly got a receding hairline and he still like carves it into like the comb over nazi cut like richard spencer it is (laughs) so nazi i wasn't quite prepared for it uh, anyway, all the Nazis get their asses kicked by uh, by Chow Yun Fat, who is like just swinging around and knocking over people in groups, like that one guy at that uh, Los Angeles Rams preseason game. <laughs> he's just going like, <laughs> remember, remember when like Bill Burr was talking about the Malice of the Palace? He's just going, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing to people. He's just like he's just spinning through the air. And by the way, the spins don't actually help him. He's just going like. And uh, anyway, the Nazi's like, "Well, at least you are not bulletproof." And he shoots him. <laughs> it goes right into his chest. And Charlie Fest like, "Uh, yeah." And he falls down off the cliff, and uh, he goes out there. And that's just like, "Oh, yeah." Okay, I see for the what the. He couldn't see it because the guy <laughs> fell and his body's not there. And he just yells at the skies, Scheiße! Good investigators being all the Deutschland. So we cut to 60 years later. <laughs> and uh, we have Sean William Scott <coughs> playing a character known as Carr. <laughs> who he's quick to uh remind us it's not car is in something you try but car spelled k-a-r which is cantonese and he's dressed as sid vicious <laughs> for some reason uh leather jacket way too much gel in his hair that's what you went with because it says here in my notes the guy from the snakes on the plane music video uh, well, I'm sure he's probably in. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Don't ask where I pulled that from, man. <laughs> Deep Whoa. recesses of the brain. I I, co- I also could have gone with any victim in a Mad Max movie. So uh, he's, as he calls it, he's ripping people off on a New York subway, just uh, bumping into people rather violently and stealing their watches and purses and shit like that. He's not very good at this. Yeah, he's uh, not exactly the most subtle thief in the world, but, uh, you know, he is Sean William Scott, so he's doing it with a big puppy dog grin on his face. Uh, Honestly, might as well be wearing a tunnel snakes jacket. Like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's see. Um, he, he catches a, a cop, and the cop catches him, and he gets away from the cop, and he, he handcuffs the cop to a thing. And uh, meanwhile, Chow Yun-Fat is uh, reading a newspaper, and the cops are chasing after him because he's Asian. 
and uh, he runs away, <laughs> and uh, Chow Yun Fat and Sean William Scott bump into each other on a subway, and uh, they're just looking at each other like, huh? And some little girl gets trapped on the uh, subway tracks, and they. And I want to mention something. Chow Yun-Fat tr- jumps down to save her because he's a monk and that's what monks do. It's like part of their training to save little girls from train tracks. And uh, Sean William Scott jumps down there to get away from the cops. He does not jump down there to save her life. And uh, the monk tells him, hey, you know, pull her leg out so I can free her. And he pulls up like the fucking train track or something. That little girl is saved somehow. They save themselves. That's never actually shown. And Shelly was kind of like, oh, man, you threw away my score. That had all my stash in it. He's like, oh, but you saved life. Is that more valuable? Hey, hey Chris, you, you want to know how they were saved? Don't it, say the it's, joke. It, it's a bullet train, dude. You <laughs> 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 have... So much movie left. <laughs> this isn't like five minutes into the movie. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, they go their separate ways. Uh, first, I, first a, a fake out moment here. Fucking uh, what's his face? Uh, my good friend Sean William Scott goes in for a hug on the guy and steals his ancient scroll of mystical powers, which <laughs> you think he'd hold on to, you know. Like, <laughs> You'd think he'd be like, oh yeah, that's kind of important to me. But he's just like, oh no, I'll let him take it. Anyway, so he leaves and he runs into the underground gang who they look like the bad guys from Final Fight. (laughs) (laughs) These guys. (laughs) I was so mad they never came back. I love them so much. Like, I mean, this is a live action thing, but you could have easily made this into like a violence jack anime because the main character or the main uh, villain there looks just like one of the guys that uh, violence jack would have ripped in half. He's just sitting there on this throne like, and he has a tattoo across his uh, chest that says Mr. Funktastic. Also, he's extremely British. He sounds like Quatermass. And like you stay underground to say, oh yeah, we all live down here since the hellquake. You're just nodding like, yes, of course. And yeah. he has to protect the scroll. And uh, the hellquake. This is great because fucking uh, Sean William Scott is just like, hey, tell you what, here's a truce. Tell you what, how about you give the Foot Clan here this ancient mystical scroll of wonders? And he goes, oh, what is your listen? And he tosses it to the side where the monk picks it back up again. So I guess uh, just sort of lackadaisical about it. I guess we'll look into that later. And uh, they're fighting each other, and Sean William Scott is uh, not particularly good at martial arts. Um, tell you this, <laughs> yeah. to be a problem for this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know what, Alex, you're right. If you put Ryan uh, Reynolds in here, he might have tried to learn martial arts. It's like, like he at least, <laughs> at least was he's soldier, shredded. Yeah. yeah, you know, he would have been, like, you know, trained or something. <laughs> Honestly, the kid from Dragon Ball, the, what was the Dragon Ball Evolution was a better uh, job at this. <laughs> So anyway, he's... All right, so uh, we have a movie where we need Stifler to do martial arts. Who should we get to direct? Oh, yes, a guy who's literally only ever done music videos before and since. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that makes Good sense. Good call. Yeah, well, as he's fighting them in their underground dojo pit, uh, Chow Yun-Fat is watching going the whole time. Like, he's that, uh, that guy with a white beard from uh, Kill Bill. And uh, <laughs> he thinks back to the prophecy that his monk master 
sensei told him it was like you will you will see him fight while the cranes fly above his head and there are literal cranes like a like a like a like the hook and the machinery and mechanics and everything above his head he's like oh the cranes indeed i'm just like are you fucking kidding me dude it fucking owns like that's a good bit that's that's a good bit oh that was fantastic so he kind of gets a shit beat out of him, but Jamie King, who plays a character known as Jade, uh, <laughs> she she tells her boyfriend, hey, that guy's kind of cute. I mean, I don't fight him. I'm bored. Also, I want you to fuck me instead. Uh, Please, Mr. Cool Eyes, plow me instead of beating up this nerd. <laughs> so he says, to, he says to our hero, Carr... Lucky for you, this little basket of crap is going begging for some of me fantastic love. <laughs> I had to write that down because uh, yeah. I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" And so he. This is the first time I've ever been like, "Hey, is this racist against the British? <laughs> is that possible? This is fucked up." If he was, for, if he was, well, I guess if he's Italian, it's yeah, okay. well, yeah. but other than those two. If he was Irish, man, it would have been different. So, oh, it would have been in Boston. So. <laughs> Speaking of us, okay. So for no, no. All right. So back in the subway, you know how much I hate club scenes. Well, what if they took place in a subway car? No, we're talking. No, we're not. So, <laughs> dude, uh, I just I'm, I want to spend the whole movie in this fucking underground layer. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I I, I, that's one of the things place. I kind of like about this is either the atmosphere or the aesthetic or the set design or something. There's some buzzword to use here, but I kind of I just kind of like the feel of everything here. Yeah. So, uh, Mister Fantastic is trying desperately to fuck Jade in public, just desperately trying to like taste her innards and she's just like wait no i'm not ready yet and i'm like really bulletproof monk is the let's wait until marriage movie and uh she's like hey i've got a good idea come on over here no come on just follow me he's like "Uh, okay it's my car but whatever and she chains him to the wall with literal chains like it's a fucking hellraiser movie then she just leaves him there. <laughs> and I think we don't ever actually see him again, do we? No, we never see him again. His soul is ripped apart off screen. Yeah. That's fucked up. I'm pretty sure he's supposed, in the original version, he was supposed to come back at the end for the climax. So they're just like, eh. So I guess he's just gone. Now. What, him and his fucking Rat King crew are going to fight the Nazis? Are you joking? <laughs> yes, that's exactly the movie I want. Yes, yeah, it would have been better I mean, movie. yes, but also, this movie is pretending to be real, which is... A mistake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean William Scott escapes from wherever he was. And he goes back to his job, which I didn't know he had a job. I thought he just stole, like, Aladdin. No, he works at a Chinese movie theater where uh, people are pretty ready. Because he's a projectionist, and he was away, ignoring his responsibilities again. He goes up to his apartment, which is also in the Chinese movie theater. It's in, like, the attic. And wouldn't you know it, Chow Yun-Fat followed him and is eating all his Chinese food and drinking all of his Heineken. And uh, he's like, hey, here's a riddle for you. How come hot dogs come in packages of ten, but hot dog buns come in packages of eight? Anyone with a brain would tell you, well, it's a marketing thing. You just buy, like, four and five, and it matches up together. And you're good. If all you ever want to do is eat fucking hot dogs. So, uh... Looking at his apartment, I am of two minds. One, seems like a pretty chill apartment, but two... There's no way that Sean William Scott owns candles. 
<laughs> Sorry, that's what I noticed. Also, I don't even know why he has an apartment. He wears the same jacket in every scene. Yeah, there's that too. He <laughs> never like, changes clothes. I was like, I'm pretty sure he has his own section of the underground lair that's like, he puts a sign outside that says No Foot Clan Allowed. Uh, I, I want to say, Parker, to your point about uh, Adrian Barbeau in The Fog and how she has like the ideal job just broadcasting a radio station outside of an abandoned lighthouse, try this one on for size. Sean William Scott... Uh, his job is running the projection at a Chinese movie theater, hanging out with Mako, living in the chill attic of same, training in kung fu using the movies, and ripping off New Yorkers. Oh my God. Like, it's so silly, but the scene, the slow zoom out of him just like standing in front of the projector miming the moves, I was like... Why can't that be me, though? It's just <laughs> so... Anything. I would leave this whole life behind in a fucking heartbeat. Are you kidding It's me? just called Masters of Wing Chun. We see it for two seconds, and Sean Williams is in the front going, <laughs> And Shelly and Fat watches the projection booth going, <laughs> Seems rather tasteless, yeah. I have to admit. Well, they're paying me anyway, so... Uh, it is now revealed... Who the central villain is. It is not Mr. Funktastic. He's still chained to the netherworld. No. The the Nazi has grown old in his time away from the Third Reich. He is now the wheelchair Nazi. Uh, who's hell-bent on getting the scroll with the ancient mystical knowledge of the East. And he is aided by the granddaughter neo-Nazi. Dude, when I saw that the reveal, the <laughs> fucking front for Nazism is the Human Rights Organization. Dude, like, so good, so good. <laughs> I go through this whole fucking museum of tolerance bullshit, and the reveal of like, yes, grandfather, soon we shall have this scroll, <laughs> man. I am vibing hard like the whole first half hour of this stupid. I movie. couldn't fucking figure out if that was supposed to be like a message, like don't trust human rights organizations because they might be corrupt and run by Nazis. <laughs> you know, uh, who do you think's funding those? Was like, okay, well, I'm gonna stop you right there on that thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going. <laughs> well, this is like Audrey Hepburn would. Anyway, uh, Chow Yun Fat and Sean William Scott are training. Uh, I think they just where, where do they go? I think they're maybe they're running away from the cops because the cops don't like Chow Yun Fat because he's they, go to, <laughs> they go to the secret monastery in the laundromat, dude. Yeah, yeah, they go there. <laughs> this is where they encounter uh, the classic handshake scene. Okay, <laughs> you guys know like who's on first, the pies, and then you know the Marx Brothers, Three Stooges, Amicus. I'll try this one out for size. Sean William Scott and an Asian monk shake hands. But neither one lets go. Dude, do you think this is where the Cheeto Man got it from? <laughs> That's why he's bullying Justin Trudeau's hand. <laughs> so, listen, he's never this. seen Bulletproof Monk. I don't think he's ever wanted to watch Bulletproof Monk. I love Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. That that's the that's the best one I've ever done. Honestly, I'm really yeah, really yeah. bad at it. It's it's a very very hard voice to do. Uh, it's 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 not the it's all about the cadence. Like it is. You yeah, fuck up the voice every time. But if you yeah, know the cadence, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so the granddaughter neo Nazi uh, investigates Sean William Scott because he was last spotted with the monk, who's 
hasn't aged this entire time because I guess because he has a scroll. Okay, yeah. Uh, so she tracks him to the Chinese movie theater run by Mako, who's Japanese. They address this, and she says, "Where's Sean William Scott?" And uh, would have been a great time for him to say, "In the movies, where else?" Look at the screen, wink, fade out. The movie's only a half hour long. Wow, that was a weird ending, guys. But anyway, good move good episode uh no he says oh he should be running projection you know that boy has potential and uh she i think she just puts a gun to his head or something and i was just like man mako's really in this movie just to sweep up popcorn the guy said it can't be a word congratulate you for not once saying mako tsunami i'm so (laughs) proud of you i can tell this is difficult for you there's a reason i'm pronouncing it that way (laughs) i know i can't but he's about to die so i have to (laughs) so they uh what do they do um i think they track both of them to the ancient tibetan laundromat and (laughs) as they hide uh, oh yeah the handshake guy is evil and he betrays the rest of the monastery (laughs) why because the handshake guy wants the power for himself so he'll win the handshake next time you know how monks not a very good monk dude yeah no that's a bad that's a very very naughty monk so a very very cheeky monk uh I didn't feel good when I said it either. So uh, he, uh, so they take the uh, the cheeky monk and they put him in the torture device, which looks like something from. <laughs> Dude, do you want to talk yeah, about it, like, Parker? <laughs> this whole movie has been like, yeah, it's like a silly takeoff of like Chinese sim. Which, by the way, I do love that. Like, it's just regular New York or insert city with subway here. But also just Chagun Fat has these Goku powers and can do 60s wire foo stuff and no one else can. But then the reveal of, okay, so then we have this nightmare chair that stabs needles into your face and <laughs> reads your thoughts is I mean, a step is, too it far. It is powered by water pressure. Look. <laughs> I don't understand. Allow me to defend the torture chair decision. If you were a bunch of Nazis that had like 60 years to just do nothing. The cold open. Like... I mean, that's like the logical conclusion of what the Nazis would build. It's just like a really good torture chair. Like, makes sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, anyway, that was Hans Blix, everyone. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Hans Blix! Oh, no! <laughs> I, that was also my jerk of the week because I couldn't get the, the term Hans Bricks out of my head <laughs> this whole week. Dude, do you want to know what the oppressive thought I've had all week was? Oh, what was it? You remember that fucking tweet a year and a half ago where someone made the fake movie cover with Sean William Scott that said no homo yes! in the dojo? Dude, <laughs> I was looking so hard for that. <laughs> I was going to say, that should be the fucking cover art. Dude, week. if anyone can find that for me, that's the cover art. <laughs> no homo means a dojo. Oh, no dojo. So, yeah, he uses water pressure to drive needles into your face that can read your thought patterns and tell you, where's the scroll? And, uh, unfortunately, ah, your brain does not hold the secrets that I need. It tosses him aside. I'm like, oh, well, surely the movie won't get boring from here on out. <laughs> Imagine being the fucking Asian monk who's like... This Nazi said he'd work with me. I think I'm good. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? It's not like the Nazi has ever has ever done anything to my people in the past in this very movie. <laughs> Look, we were unsuccessful. Yeah, I'll come with you down to your secret base. Oh, what's going on here? 
Uh, anyway, I guess does Mako either gets kidnapped or he goes back to the monastery, and Sean William Sky is just like, no, 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 Mako gets killed, and the monk just disappears. I think it just leaves. sorry, sorry, j- just for Parker. I am not a freaky fish guy. <laughs> oh, that would have been good for the Suicide Squad. So Mako uh, is dead, and Shadow William Scott cries over his body. Uh, they seem so close. <laughs> they had that one it's scene where Mako told him, "I'm going to take that out of your rent." Uh, and Shadow William Scott's just like, oh, "You're Asian," and walks away. <laughs> Mako exists to be like, "I'm Japanese, not Chinese." <laughs> this kid's going to be great, and then get murdered off screen. <laughs> Thanks for showing and up. Sean William Scott sees his body and is just like, No! And it declares revenge in a very kung fu way. Uh, he, uh, where does he do? He, he goes to the monastery, tries to find him and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's right. That scene comes right after him being like, Hey, man, I'm just a pickpocket. I can't be a guardian or whatever. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then Mako dies. He's like, Hey, don't leave me. I have to get revenge. Yeah. We have to do this together. He's like, I don't want to be good. I want to steal. And I'm just like, huh, a movie for our times. Uh, he he goes to, I don't remember how or why he goes here, but he goes to a big old fuck you mansion. Like he's driving through Potomac. And this is the lair of Jade, who's actually a secret Russian mob princess. And this scene, first of all, I want to make something that? clear here. One, she wraps her feet around his head twice and second of all yeah I noticed (laughs) second of all she kicks the dog shit out of him (laughs) our hero fucking sucks so bad he's terrible at this someone who knows how to throw a punch or do Wing Chun or something if you put Jet Li in this movie and call him Bobby Chicago it's better I mean oh my how many movies is that not true for? Also, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, they're fighting, 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 and she just knocks him out stone cold. And I, I did like how Chow Yun Fat comes in there and repeats the same dialogue that he did with, uh, they did with Sean William Scott to Jade, and he's just like, she's like, hey, what are you doing here? He's like, the question is not why I am doing here, the question is what you are doing here. And she's just like, oh, okay, the most aggravating on. shit I, on the planet. I like the idea that that's how he starts every conversation with like a new person. Like, imagine he's working at the movie theaters and someone's just like, yeah, how about a large popcorn, a large drink, and uh, a pack of junior mints. He's like, the question is not uh, how much it will cost, but why you did not go for the super savings deal. And you know, just every single person he's ever met for the first time, he just does that with them. And uh, I don't know why he does it. That's just his idea. It's not even his idea. He's just saying the words. I, whoever wrote this is probably just like, that's how Asian people talk, you know? And uh, <laughs> They all speak in fortune cookies. That's not racist, right? Oh, no, it's Yeah, great. she actually right. says, cut it. that fortune cookie shit. And uh, even though she knows, like, come on, he's a Tibetan monk. It's not very polite. Uh, Sean William Scott wakes up and says, oh, I'll fight every single one. Oh, all right. <laughs> She's on our side. And, uh, <laughs> Congratulations to Sean William Scott, our one millionth father. <laughs> and she's just like, my father is. She says Elon something, and I was my my head immediately goes to Elon Musk, and uh, she's I don't know, for for sake of argument, my father is Elon Musk, and Sean William Scott goes what. Ivan the Terrible? And I was just like, no, <laughs> Elon. 
Elon. It's with a longer <laughs> E. And uh, she's just like, oh, she's a daughter of a Russian mobster. And she's like, he's in prison for 20 years for felonies or something like that. I was like, well, you know the news enough to know who he is, but not enough to know that he's behind fucking bars for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Also, it it's was like kind of cool. This seems like a scene that was cut. It, it does seem kind of cool, though. It's just like, as soon as uh, he says that, or as soon as she explains, like, who, who, uh, oh, I just saw what you sent me, Alex. Thank you. I <laughs> no, got you, buddy. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's cool. Unrated Sensei is not Police Edition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to fucking download that picture again. <laughs> We can't lose this one. Sorry. Seems to be in a museum in 30 years. Anyway, as soon as she says, like, oh, my father's in jail, he's just like, I'm sorry. It's like a very solemn moment. It's just like, oh, you don't know how hard it is to have your Russian mobster who's had people killed dead in prison for 20 years. So they're decided, okay, let's all go take down the Nazis who have the scroll. <laughs> So the Nazis, they take Chow Yun-Fat, and he's in the torture device, and he reads the uh, the scroll. Oh, by the way, there was a fake-out scroll earlier on that was like a recipe for soup, uh, <laughs> which is a literal he fell for the soup in this movie. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, oh, the last part of the scroll, as you can see, like, parts of, like, the tattoo on his torso just sticking out. Uh, I memorized it. And he's just like, I'll use my torture mach- machine. And, uh... This is while Sean Williams... I, honestly, guys, I'm talking too much. This part of the movie is kind of boring. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, there's a dip in that second act. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dozed off for 15 minutes. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I've yeah. seen this before. But, like, there's uh, yeah, there's some really like, generic action. Some really... There, there's just really bad special effects because they have, like, people flying through the air and stuff like that. There's a reason that he didn't get Jackie Chan because Jackie would have insisted on doing his own stunts and, like, making stuff look fairly real. But, honestly, the effects for 2003, I kind of expect a lot better. Like, I saw way better effects in The Matrix, and that was four years prior to this. And I'm sure this didn't have the budget of The Matrix, I, I understand that, but, like, I expect better than what I got. Well, so, like, it's not even just that. Like, it looks worse than the first fight on the bridge. And, like, if you're gonna have, like, one really killer fight scene and the rest look like shit, don't lead with that, because then I'm expecting that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was just, like, like, the whole time, like, watching a lot of these fight scenes, it's, like, well, maybe this one's gonna be good like that first one, and then it's not, and it makes yeah. it somehow even worse. Yeah, it's just sort of a letdown. I uh, not that I was expecting a whole lot from Bulletproof Monk. Uh, you shouldn't have. Been. No, but yeah. I start running out of steam by about minute fifty. I definitely understand that. That was, I was watching it last night, so I was like two thirty, and I was like, you know what? I'll finish this tomorrow. Yeah, you know, here's there's a lot of talking about characters that are never shown on screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it quick. Yeah. Now. Well, anyway, they get the scroll back and they beat the Nazi, and uh, turns out that Chow Yun Fat can now grow old again. Great. And then he just yeah. disappears, <laughs> dude. Dude, I cannot handle the stress. Like, I would that night, I would forget the rest of the scroll. Yeah. <laughs> he would lead in, whisper it to me. I'm waking up the next day. It's we're all fucked. <laughs> We're doomed forever. It's like you can remember the Konami code, but that scroll is just like, yeah, no, 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 whatever. <laughs> also, maybe just burn the scroll. What are we doing? Yes, yeah, it's actually well, that's, that, that, well that that was the that was the importance because it's not actually a physical scroll. It gets tattooed on your body because sure. <laughs> he, and then she checks out his hog as she reads the scroll. Yeah. 
which was an interesting choice to include. Yeah, that was a... It's just like the end of an Austin Powers movie. (laughs) Sensei is not pleased indeed. I'm going to be quoting that, so that's such a funny thing to say. Uh, Anyway, yeah, then the credits roll, and it's the most, like, I I would have hoped so much more for, like, the... what, What was the... It was a Blood Moon kickboxer movie or something yeah. where the guy was a Blood Fist or something? Whatever the there's like the techno. Yes, group. and also yes. Yeah, kickboxer. And also psycho kickboxer. Psycho kickboxer. <laughs> but then, there, so actually, that's like maybe the biggest problem with Bulletproof Monk is the music. It doesn't have like the new metal that you'd really want for this. Oh, dude, I was getting myself all worked up. Like, oh, we're gonna cut to present day. Oh, guys, guys, like guys, calm songs. down. Park is getting aggressive. <laughs> so He's <sorry>. gonna rage. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Why won't Mr. Durst tell the monk to calm down? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, God. And then the neo-Nazi came was... out for his set on his wheelchair. <laughs> I thought it was very inappropriate. <laughs> the neo-Nazi giving his thoughts about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky <laughs> as they tip over porta bodies. Then the neo-Nazi wheelchairs himself out and just, just poop my pants. He just got stuck in the mud. Now move it! Now move it! <laughs> oh my god, I cannot stop thinking of the wheelchair Nazi as Rod Stewart from South Park. <laughs> we do, you can do it, Jesus. Okay, so. <laughs> final. You must return to the temple of Lollapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so honestly, Bulletproof Monk isn't even that bad. There are enough good parts of this, enough things where you just say them out loud, you're just like, okay, I guess I have to see this. But uh, I don't know, I guess I was kind of left dry by this one. Yeah, turns out... We are back-to-back weeks on uh, just running out of steam halfway through the movie and being like, I don't know, they talk a lot, and then the that last battle's not that good, and then the movie just ends. Yeah. Turns out everything I remembered from this one was from the first act. Go figure. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I would be, that yeah. first half hours, first half hours pretty strong, and it is diminishing returns. Yeah, you know you want to end with your best foot forward, but then sometimes you just go, ah, you're both the guardians. Goodbye with the shittiest old man makeup you've ever <laughs> yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more of like hackers than I was like bulletproof monk. But you know, like, how do you fuck up a fucking rooftop fight with a Nazi with magic powers? How do you make that boring? How do you make me space out and reach for my phone when the magic Nazi's jumping off roofs? Yeah, like fucking... There's a scene where Sean William Scott jumps out of the water like he's fucking Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He's up in midair and the Nazi, who's de-aged himself, by the way, goes like, and freezes him in midair like it's a fucking Dragon Ball Z movie. You know what I learned during this scene? Verizon Fios is $40 a month for their lowest plan, but it still costs like $15 a month for their newer router, so I have to get that set up, and that's going to be a bit of a problem. I know that Fios is still available at my new apartment, but I don't know if I want to go through all the process of setting it up, so I might sort of... Buy buy your own router. Don't get suckered into renting one. Oh boy. Alright, I'll I'll try to remember that. Thank you, by the way, for the advice. What are we doing next week? Uh you mean after we uh assign some teams, buddy? <laughs> 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 Three thirty in the fucking <laughs>